Like if you could say who you are in less than 10 words, people remember you. They'll recommend you. They'll feel like you're the person who can solve that because you're going to feel to them credible. Welcome back to the Speaking and Communicating Podcast. I'm your host, Roberta. If you are looking to improve your communication skills, both professionally and personally, this is the podcast you should be tuning into. And by the end of this episode, please log on to iTunes and Spotify and leave us a rating and a review. Let's get communicating. I don't know if you've met a global credibility expert before, but my guest today, Mitchell Levy, is the global credibility expert and is here to talk to us about how to avoid being this cookie cutter online marketers that you see so many of them lately. And before I go any further, please help me welcome him to the show. Hi, Mitchell. (laughs) Roberta what a beautiful intro thank you (laughs) oh thank you I appreciate you saying that welcome Uh, thank you for being here please introduce yourself oh it's great to be here if your audience is engineers what I want to do so I'm in Silicon Valley I've been here for 35 years and let me share just a little bit about me I'm just going to share it let's say in a minute I'll share some of the things that go, oh, maybe I should listen to Mitchell. So this is like the credibility stuff. So I've been in Silicon Valley for 35 years, happily married for 33, have a 25-year-old son who is, today is his birthday, kind of excited about that. Oh, happy birthday. (laughs) I'll let him know. (laughs) So since I've been here, I've started 20 professional services companies. I've sat on the board of a NASDAQ firm. I've worked with all sorts, been in front of probably 30, 40,000 engineers at different points of time. I've run four executive business programs at Silicon Valley Universities. I've run four CEO networking groups for a decade. And one of the companies I have is a book publishing company. And so we have published over 750 books. Personally, I've written 65, two TEDx's, one commencement speech. That was cool, by the way. That was a bucket list item. Which university? was called Silicon Valley University. It was special. (laughs) It was really special. What puts me in the position of where I am now is that I had taken a Napoleon Hill journey between 2019 and 2020, where I interviewed 500 thought leaders on credibility. It enhanced the perspective I had, but also completely changed my life purpose. And out of all the topics you could have interviewed them on, why choose credibility? One of the things that I've done in Silicon Valley is I've morphed at least four times. You know, so people who have known me for a while, they see me, you know, and if you blink your eyes and five years later, they they have to readjust because I've learned something new or done something different. And in the world in which technology continues to transform, I have friends who are still stuck coding a old Intel chip design. And they never went to the new one. And so subsequently, they're now doing barista work at Starbucks, right? So if you don't morph, you don't change, you can't contribute more. Like what's inside you is not the particular place you work or job you do or chipset or skill set you have. It's continuing to learn and grow and being of service to others. Right. So in 2019... As I started seeing the continued democratization of book publishing, 
I had spent a lot of time doing coaching. Uh, at one point in time, people called me the thought leader of thought leaders. So I, I had worked with a number of different thought leaders in the space. 2019, I'm thinking to myself, I need to focus on something else or at least learn and present myself in a different way. Roberta, I can't tell you exactly what happened. Some people would say God. Some people would say a download. Some people would say the universe. One day I woke up and I thought, credibility. I go, okay, interesting. And I, I thought about it for the day. And it's so closely tied into thought leadership. Thought leaders need credibility. Humans need credibility. Businesses need credibility. And then the next day I woke up and I just thought about Napoleon Hill in the book, Think and Grow Rich. And I just said, oh, Napoleon Hill interviewed 500 millionaires to write Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. And in certain circles, it is a huge book. Engineers, you may or may not know it. In the entrepreneurial space, it is a huge book that many people quote. Yeah, all the time. I have it on my booklet, yeah. And I just thought, oh, if Mitchell Levy interviewed 500 thought leaders on credibility, I'd have a book. So that's kind of how it happened. By the way, imagine... <laughs> book publishing company, have a team. Imagine the team meeting where I go to the team. I said, by the way, guys, we're not going to hire new people because we don't need to. We're going to create one more podcast. And over the next year, we're going to interview 500 thought leaders on credibility. And <laughs> everyone's face was like, and I'm like, well, don't worry. Because what I've been particularly good at is doing something the first time. So setting the path, I'm not as good at documenting. So I do a little bit of documentation, but then I hire people to help me on document. And then, so I said, listen, guys, I'll do the first 10. We'll put a process in place and then you could take it from there. That's what we did. When it comes to the online space, at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people lost jobs. Some still are. Then you have people saying, you know what? I know a thing or two. Why don't I sign up for these coaching programs? I get the template. I plug in my expertise and now I can coach. That's, I think, what you were mentioning regarding, you know, everybody being this cookie cutter. And so how does that affect the credibility space? Hmm. All right. Let me dissect your question. You had applied one thing I said to something else. So what I basically said is many of us are walking around with marketing cookie cutter ideas and marketing cookie cutter approaches. We do something because somebody told us that's what we should do. Right. Right. One place it's been applied is the proliferation of coaches. Another place it's been applied uh, in my world, the proliferation of book publishers. Mm. One place it's been applied are the proliferation of people. Are you ready? If you've been on LinkedIn, how many times have somebody said to you, I can get you so many customers and I'm going to generate this amount of revenue and guaranteed. Like I have them offering me that whole, I'll make your YouTube subscribers be a million in a day. Yeah. They're oh, all I got that there. one too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so these are marketing cookie cutter approaches, right? So let's step back for a second. When somebody sees you, like we're doing right now, we're synchronous or if somebody sees you asynchronously when you're not in the room, mm -hmm. they should quickly be able to see who you are. Now, I know this is one of those things that for many of us, particularly for introverts, I don't know, I don't want people to see me. I only want my friends to see me and I got you. But if you're in a business space and you want to grow, whether or not they see you inside of your company or even outside the company, much better because no company is around for the long term. The thing that's important is for people to see you. When they see you, what I mean by that is it's important for them to understand 
who you are, what you stand for, what you get excited about. In essence, what playground do you play in? And can you communicate what playground you play in in a couple seconds? Can you communicate what playground you play in in less than 10 words? Now, the reason I say this is when I interviewed the 500 thought leaders, and I've now done this over a thousand times, 98% of the people I speak with cannot articulate the who and the what. I call it a CPOP, the customer point of possibilities. They cannot articulate who and what, which I believe, by the way, comes before why. Who do they serve? And either what pain point do they address or what pleasure point do they deliver in 10 words or less? One of the problems in terms of marketing cookie cutter approaches is we're actually told that, A, Simon Sinek, you got to know your why. Yes, but I'll tell you an inherent flaw there. We also are told the 30-second elevator pitch. Um, Yes. In the marketing space or sales space, what is your USP, your unique selling proposition? right? In the corporate space, what is your value proposition? All four of those things have an inherent credibility flaw. By the way, for the podcasters, I got the wink of the eye, right? The flaw is they all incorporate the word I. And so if you're credible, there are 10 values associated with credibility. And one of the core values is being of service to others. So if you're of service to others, Why can't you articulate who you are a service to and what they want? They either want to solve a pain point or deliver a pleasure point, right? So that's this concept called a CPOP. And it turns out if one can articulate and live within the framework of the playground they play in their CPOP, what happens is it works as a compass for opportunities when they come in the door. It works as a compass to make decisions that come in. It works as a compass to help to allow you to demonstrate behavior that's in alignment with your CPOP. And it allows people to recommend you. Like if you could say who you are in less than 10 words, people remember you. They'll recommend you. They'll feel like you're the person who can solve that because you're going to feel to them credible because you live within this playground and they feel it. They understand it. Does that make sense? It does. But then I wonder, when you say I is the problem, you know how all of these elevator pitches started, I help. Another word that's been overly used, the word help. It's wrong. I help. Yeah, exactly. So you know this word better. When somebody (laughs) says, who are you? They don't give a shit who you are, typically. What they care about is who you are in relation to how you can help them. Hmm. Right. So they're saying, who are you? But they don't really mean that. It's just the proper thing. Right. Notice when we were in the green room before we started, my comment to you was, I looked you up and I couldn't really see who you were. Can you tell me more? Yes. It literally became a a reverse podcast interview before we recorded. (laughs) Well, it was, I wanted to see you. Right. I want to see you and who you were. I actually have a CPOP that's four words long. So I'll share with you what that is. And then if you're open to it, we could create one for you. So those that are listening can actually get a feeling or an understanding of the playground that you personally play. Sound fair? It sounds very fair. This is going to be exciting. Yeah. All right. At the moment, maybe 40 or 50,000 people know what the word CPOP means. So no one's going to go to you and say, what's your CPOP? Just to be clear, it's an acronym for Customer Point of Possibilities. So customer point of possibilities. 
And customer, by the way, if you're a homemaker, your customers are your family. If you are inside a company, engineering or finance, your customers are inside the company, right? So customers, you get to define what a customer is. Don't worry about any marketing cookie cutter approach of what a customer is. You define what your customer is. And for mine, it's four words. CEOs flying like eagles. By the way, you on the other side, you as a listener can be one of three people. You could not care about the playground I play and I'm not offended. It doesn't mean you don't care about me. It just means, yeah. oh, wait, I'm not working with CEOs that want to fly like eagles, right? So you may not ask. The other two, one, you could be a prospect. Or, and when I talk to people, what I'm always thinking about is your referral partner. And typically what happens when you say, oh, CEOs flying like eagles. Mitchell, what do you mean? Or what do you mean flying like eagles? Or am I one of those, right? So whatever the question is, what I can then do next within that playground I play in, within a minute, I could easily explain what does it mean as the CEOs fly like eagles, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be something I would typically do when somebody asks that question. When you're living within the playground of your CPOP, you don't have to memorize, like I had four words, like how hard is that? And then when somebody says, tell me more, depending on how the conversation went, I will very clearly articulate what it means for them, right? So the tell me more, which may be what some people call the 30-second elevator pitch. Once you share your playground, they're actually saying, tell me more, how do you play in your playground? They're actually asking you for that. So that's when the 30-second pitch or the USP or the value proposition or the why can come into play. So who, what comes before why? So from my understanding, a lot of us don't have the four words. We jump yeah. to the I help because we've been programmed oh, yeah, that yeah. way. Please stop. I, stop. Throw away I help. <laughs> yeah, I help. You could do I help is when they know who you are and they say, well, what do you do in that playground? Right. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is describe that. And I normally say 10 words or less. I mean, I love it when it gets to four or six because it's easier I've had somebody with three, kind of hard to get lost. I've got stuck occasionally at 10. Within a second or two, people should know what playground you play. Right. Now, let's address the two things. One, like you said, the customers are not just the ones who buy within the organization as well. And secondly, I've heard someone say, you may not be CEO of the company, but you are the CEO in your position. So if you're the finance person, is that also incorporating CEOs flying like eagles? So you're going to fly uh-huh. like an eagle where you are. So it's a great question. So thank you for asking me the tell me more. The broader tell me more for me is yes, but the very specific one, typically working with CEOs who really are flying like eagles. Eagles have strong talents. They have good vision. They empower their employees to really successfully deliver what they want to do. So they're self-empowered. It's fun to work in the organization. Sometimes what eagles do is the eagles will kick their eaglet out of the nest, but then fly below it in case the the eaglet isn't fine and catch them and put them back, right? So they really are supporting the, the family. Right. I work with those CEOs who know what it means to fly like eagles and they know chaos is right around the corner. Either another COVID or they're doing an acquisition or they just know they're increasing by a hundred to a thousand percent. And so 
maybe the CEO can handle it, but the CEO and the management team, they know they need to climb up Mount Everest. Now, when you're climbing a mountain, what typically happens, you tether the climbers together. In case somebody slips, they get caught, right? And if two or three people slip, you may have trouble. Mitchell Levy does executive coaching one-on-one with the CEO and the management team, and I act as the tether during that time of chaos. So that's where I play. If you are online, as we were saying earlier, a lot of us have been coached this way to say it this way, as an example of looking at my credibility, what would you say were the key elements that would determine whether I was credible or this is missing, I'm not so credible? When I looked at you online, I could not tell if you're credible or not Mm -hmm. because I couldn't see you. So if you randomly approached me out of the blue, I may or may not have taken the call. But because my person set up a podcast with you, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I get to meet somebody that I can't see. And in the conversation we had up front, you are amazing. Thank you. As a human, you are really amazing. And you owe it to put yourself out there in a way that people can see you. Let's focus on your CPOP because what happens when you have a CPOP, if your primary vehicle for attracting people is LinkedIn, you're going to make some significant changes to what your LinkedIn profile looks like so that you can attract those people who really should be playing in your playground. Right. Right. We did talk a little bit ahead of time, but we're going to be focused. The CPOP is the who and the what. And by the way, I will send you later we do have, there's, I have a membership community called Credibility Nation. You get the first month free. I'll make sure you get the first two months free. Thank and you. one of the things you could do is take the CPOP course. So to reinforce, we're doing it super quick and you get the benefit of me having talked to you ahead of time. Thank you, Thor. You're welcome. So I came up with three when we were talking. Let me ask a couple of questions. So first, when I think about you, the real audience you're focusing on It felt like it was engineers or introverted engineers. But tell me, is that the audience that you really spend time with? It started that way, but now it's anybody who wants to improve their public speaking. So my Facebook group doesn't just have people in the engineering space. It's anybody. There's female entrepreneurs who say, I don't know how to go and speak about my business. So it has become diluted, even though it started as I'm targeting engineers because I come from that corporate background. I'm so glad you said what you said the way you did. The reason why is right now you have corporate credibility regarding working with and serving engineers, right? Mm -hmm. By the way, you don't show that as well as you need to on your LinkedIn profile. But as we were talking, that's where you have lots of incremental credibility in terms of working with engineers. If you said you were working with engineers, if you were super narrow in terms of who you work with, is that going to stop somebody who's not an engineer to say, hey, can you work with me? Like I said, it's more now non-engineers. Like I have someone who she's an industrial psychologist. She was presenting a speech and she said, I mean, I know my material, but I don't know how to have a strong start and a strong introduction and a strong closing. Help me. I don't know how to tell a story. So it's got nothing to do with engineering. But she knows that my specialty is I will help you be a speaker to present, to know how to connect with your audience. And that's what the focus was. It had nothing to do with engineering. And then I realized, well, I mean, there's no restriction because speaking is speaking, no matter where you are, no matter what I, industry you're in. I don't disagree. What I was trying to get out is 
lots of people are afraid, because this is what we're taught, that when we talk about who we are, we need to throw a wide net. I work with speakers, authors, you know, in your case, I work with engineers, uh, women entrepreneurs, men entrepreneurs. What I was getting at is that specifically focusing on a niche does not stop you from serving people outside the niche. The more narrow you can get in the niche, the easier it is for people to remember you. A lot of times I get people who are basically going, I work with speakers, authors, consultants. By the way, that's more than 10 words, and and I don't even know who you are. And what are the attributes associated? Would you say extroverts, introverts? Here's the funny thing about speaking that I've found from people. Yes, at first we think only introverted people struggle with speaking. Sometimes you may have an introvert socially at parties and in social circles. They may be introverted. But when they get to the job, they actually, the confidence comes out. I've started to not box into people and say, you're not going to speak out because you're an introvert. There are people socially who are the life of the party. But when you say go and speak in front of a crowd, they freeze. So it's not always that correlation of you're introverted. Oh, you're going to have nerves when you speak. So I'm going to suggest that you're continually to try to find a way that you could basically use a approach shotgun versus rifle. You're mm-hmm. continually saying, hey, I serve the world, right? That's Anyone what do- just came up now. <laughs> that's what that's kind of what came up. So I'm for the time being, I'm, I'm going to think about engineers, but we can change that. Tell me what the end result is. Either what is the pain point that they're addressing or what is the pleasure point? that they want to achieve? It's usually the pain point of, I'm afraid to speak in front of people. I don't know how to manage my nerves, my emotions when I'm in front of people. If I don't do something about this, it may be a barrier to me in my career success. I have to do it, but if there was another way, I wouldn't. Hmm. Interesting. And what's the pleasure point you, you help them deliver? The idea that you were able to finally do it is a big deal to the person because they didn't even imagine themselves being in front of people and not freezing or disappearing until they were able to complete their assignment. So it's the, I completed my assignment and had I not had this help, I wouldn't have been able to. Now, what I've realized also is not everybody wants to be a speaker. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm going to share with you four. The one that I'm gleaning towards at the moment, and what I would say with you is that as you start thinking about it, you're going to come up with new thoughts and ideas and come up with something interesting. But the one that I like the most is five words. Engineers who suck at presentations. Are we really using the word suck? Okay. (laughs) We don't have to. I just No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm not against it, Mitchell. Go ahead. <laughs> I it's really interesting to me when I think about the audience one serves, right? And I've talked to so many engineers, that's often what they say when they talk about I've been asked to do a presentation. How how come you don't do it? Well, I really suck at presenting in front of people. I could talk one-on-one, but I can't talk. That is that default word that often comes out. I was just trying to mm. speak in the speech of the engineer. Yeah. What I was getting to before is if it is engineers who suck at presentations, is that going to stop a female entrepreneur who says, I need to present 
so I can get funding for my project. I know you work with engineers, but would you work with me? Like, is that going to stop? No, that's not that? a bear at all. No. So that's what I was getting at. Having a niche of engineers where you actually already have credibility behind it doesn't stop you from having other groups that you focus mm. on. There may be something different over time than who suck at presentations, but you kind of reinforced it, right? When I say, hey, tell me a little bit more, what are they getting at? Do you mind? I'll be you for a second. Yeah. Okay. So if you say, hey, Mitchell, what's your CPOP? I go, engineers who suck at presentations. Let me tell you a little bit more. They've been asked to present for whatever reason. Either they have an idea that needs to get done or they're presenting in front of an investor group or a client group and they are so nervous. They'd rather be one-on-one or even be by themselves. And the thing that I found over time is that those engineers who can present really well, who can communicate to the audience they're in front of, who can actually effectively communicate the message they want to achieve, they get further. They're the ones who are promoted. They're the ones who get success. Now, promoted doesn't mean they become manager. Promoted could be horizontally. They get different projects. That's what I work with with my clients. Based on what you and I talked about, that would be the tell me more that I made up living in the playground of engineers who suck at presentation. And then that is the elevator pitch from the playground. Yeah. and, And that's the cool part. You don't have to memorize your elevator pitch. I call it, tell me more, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's the CPOP is intended to elicit, tell me more. And then when you do the tell me more, you're speaking to the person you're speaking with. For instance, if you're talking to a female entrepreneur, you could throw an engineer and at some point in time, and by the way, I have also worked with a couple of female entrepreneurs. Mm. So think about what we're doing here. We've crafted a playground you play in. That playground happens to be engineers who suck at presentations and you have credibility because you can look at your previous jobs and the things you've done. When you're talking to somebody, part of the tell me more is you're going to make sure you're answering the questions that they have before they actually ask them. Answer the questions before they ask them. Because then they'll ask you a different question. They already say they suck. They use the word suck. And therefore, that's why you use that lingo that you reflect it back to them. That may not be you, right? So if it's not you in terms of how you show up in the world, then- No, I don't have a problem. I'm using an example. Um, Oh, please, yes. I'm I'm going to use this. Normally, what I'll say is go to sleep tonight. When you wake up in the morning, share your CPOP. And if you're like, oh my God, that's me. Yes. Then everything changes. No, the reason I was trying to specifically pick on that was- Sometimes you have coaches who say, speak what's already in your potential client's head, how they say it to themselves. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. It sounds like you've gone through a lot of coaching. And the thing is, you've learned a lot from a lot of people. What you now need to do is internalize it. Mm -hmm. And what the CPOP does when you really fine tune it, it's not my suggestion of who you are. It's your suggestion of who you are. It's your realization. It's the frequency of the words that represent you. And if you can actually live in your playground, you can now take all this learning that you've got from all these other coaches and you can be applying it to what you do day to day. You want to live within your own truth. Right. That's what the CPOP does. Be authentic. Be you. 
and not the cookie cutter template copy and paste. <laughs> well said. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mitchell Levy. Speaking of coaching, there's just this personal element that you have of actually zooming in on a person. You listen to every word I said, the way I said it, the way that you understood me, and you just really zoomed in on me personally and not saw me as a group of people that I'm coaching. <laughs> Look at your eyes. <laughs> I know, like, I'm like, yeah, okay. I. That's the thing that everyone should remember. You're in front of somebody else. They're the most important person in the room, right? And if they come to you with an issue or a problem or concern, then you're. how can you be of service? The most credible thing we could do is be of service to the people with. This is the really cool part. Assuming they fit within your playground. Right. Right. Somebody comes to you and they're presenting something that's outside of your playground. Now it becomes a lot easier to make decisions of whether or not this is something you should be involved with or not. Yeah, that's very powerful. Now, please talk to us about your boot camp, because I know mm. that a lot of us, especially those listening, we we are in need of those kinds of ideas. <laughs> well, <and guidance. laughs> I will, uh, it's called Ultimate Credibility Bootcamp. I'll make sure I send you a link to that app after we speak. And so you could put that in our show notes and, and we'll have yeah. you. The thing that's interesting about the Ultimate Credibility Bootcamp, it's just transformational. I mean, everyone who at the end of the bootcamp, and this is a two-day virtual, technically it's 15 and a half hours over four days. You know, so we have 90 minutes at the beginning, the beginning and end days, and the two in the middle are seven hours each. You say, well, how do I do seven hours? Trust me. People who actually go, it's going to be transformational. And what happens is you take the one-hour CPOP course first. Mm -hmm. And then on day one, it's how do you show up in the room credibly? By the way, we did a little bit of the exercise today. Oh, it's yeah. Playground you play in, being able to say basically what we're teaching you during that day, knowing the playground you play in, being able to say, tell me more. How do you have credibility to do what you do? So how do you pull those elements of who you were in the past in terms of being relevant for the playground you play in? And then we focus on, well, tell me a story. Tell me a story that's centered around one of the 10 values of credibility that just reinforces that you're the person I should work with. So that's day one. Day two is how do you actually show up in the room and be credible when you're not in the room? So how can you show up asynchronously? So mm -hmm. your website, your social media, in a way where people can see your CPOP. They're seeing customer testimonials. They're seeing you on video in a way that they get to experience who you are and how you play in the world that you play in. As a recommender, if I'm going to recommend you, I need to be able to see online. I need to be able to see online someone who I want to recommend. Mm. And so that's one of the things you notice at the beginning, I said, I didn't see you. I can't recommend you today. As cool as you are, I can't recommend you today because I can't point the person I'm recommending to anything yet where they could see you asynchronously Online. Yeah, I, mean, mm -hmm. I could do the podcast, but it's hard to say, hey, go and listen to, you know, a couple hours worth of stuff. You'll love her. Right. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's what people do. Hey, mm -hmm. this person's amazing, but their website sucks. Right. That people do that. Right. So the boot camp is how to show up credibly on and offline or in person and not in person. It's so weird today when you've got Zoom and, you know, we're in the same room together, even though we're geographically apart. Right. That's what happens. And it's really interesting because 
one could easily come back every six months or once a year to the boot camp. It's a $2,000 event, uh, mm-hmm. but we let people in for 300 bucks or 20 bucks, depending on how we're feeling and how full it is to take it the second time and to do it the third time, right? We have a lot we share. I do this with a partner. You're there to learn from yourself and to really pull out, like shed all the marketing cookie cutter BS that we have of belief mm-hmm. systems, not bullshit, belief systems, right? Belief system, um, yes, BS with belief systems. <laughs> so to be able mm-hmm. to take those, recognize them, throw them out, and for you to really just show up as your authentic servant leader self that has the intent and commitment to do the right thing for the audience you serve. Much needed and by a lot of us, especially on the online coaching space. Do you have any last words of wisdom for CEOs or even entrepreneurs who want to increase their credibility? What would you say is one action they can take today after listening to you? Mm, my favorite phrase is credibility is a journey, not a destination. And I'm going to say, even though I knew that, I still treated credibility like a destination as I first started deploying it for about a year and a half, two years. And what I do now is I realize that credibility is a verb, not a noun. I've been playing around with ChatGPT. So as we're going and explaining how ChatGPT will transform, this week we did a webinar for female entrepreneurs. Next month, we're doing a webinar for the accounting profession completely transforming. The one after that, we might do lawyers, right? As we're learning, it's credibly using ChatGPT to transform your business. Whether it's ChatGPT or another AI tool, it's that transformational period. As a CEO, and we're going to say the CEO of your own life, are you not leaving a legacy for tomorrow? Are you living your legacy today? And that's probably the best thing I could say. Legacy is how people feel. It's who you are. It's how people talk about you when you're not in the room. Are you living your legacy today? And that's probably that if you're thinking about credibility being a journey, not a destination, as you're journeying, live, not just lead or leave, but live your legacy. Words of wisdom from Mitchell Levy, the global credibility expert multiple author, multiple TEDx speaker, Mitchell. This has been wonderful and very insightful. Thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me and being so open for a beautiful recording. Loved it. Oh, I greatly benefited. So there's no way I would have done it any other way. Thank you so much for your assistance. And before you go, do you have any websites so that we follow through? If you want to find out more about the bootcamp, your books, and everything else. So you can always go to MitchellLevy.com. That's like three L's in a row. So MitchellLevy.com. If you wanted to book time on my calendar, it's there. Uh, sometimes it's busy. Sometimes it's not. We do reference the Ultimate Credibility Bootcamp, which is just that name, UltimateCredibilityBootcamp.com. Mm. On social media, I probably spend the most time on LinkedIn. So one of the things, we haven't even put this on the website because a week ago I started a newsletter on LinkedIn called Staying Relevant. And so if you connect to me on LinkedIn, you'll see that. Sign up for the newsletter. We've got 2,000 subscribers and I just started a week ago. So I'm not unhappy with But MitchellLevy.com is a good place. And then from there, if this talk affected you, the simple notion of understanding and communicating the playground you play in, 
And I use those words specifically, playground. Even as an engineer, you might want to call it sandbox, call it playground instead. Being able to know what it is and communicate it effectively will change everything for you. It certainly will. And we thank you, Mitchell Levy, for helping us do just that. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes and Spotify, and stay tuned for more episodes to come. 